0: speaks to us tonight. I want to, uh, kind of, uh, lay out what, uh, our summer series is all about for just a few moments. The, through the good wisdom of the men of this congregation, they decided that this year we would, uh, again have a summer series, and they allowed Brother JC and myself to, uh, work on this, and so I came up with some material, and, uh, JC and I looked over it, and he approved it, and which is, uh, what I was hoping for, and so, uh, Tonight again, Brother Bill will be speaking to us about fruit must first be planted before it can grow. Of course, what we're talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. And as our summer series unfolds, we're going to look at each manifestation of that fruit. I can recall one time I made the mistake in the presence of someone that I knew, and I said the fruits of the Spirit. Well, there's just one fruit of the Spirit, but there are several manifestations of that fruit. And so uh, I, I learned my lesson not to do it, or at least not in front of that gentleman anymore. But as our uh, as our summer series unfolds, we're going to look at these individual manifestations of the fruit. Next week, Brother Charles Cochran is going to speak to us, and he is going to talk about the result of a well tended garden. Brother Roger Campbell will come, and he will talk about the soil from which all other fruit grows. Brother David Smith from North Hamilton will will come and speak about uh, the fruit of the Spirit, sometimes painful to grow, but always pleasant to harvest. Brother Reed Perry will be talking about having the right attitude even when the soil is hard. Uh, Brother Matt Jones was originally scheduled to come and speak to us on July the 12th, but he's going to be in North, uh, northeast India. And so I let him off the hook and... Uh, uh, got a good friend of mine, David Lopez, from Henderson, Tennessee. His wife works with Fried Hardeman. He is going to be working with Apologetics Press over the summer as an intern. He's a graduate of the Memphis School of Preaching, but he will be speaking on righteousness is never rotten. And then Brother Dale Barger from Wheeler Hill will talk about guarding against pests that destroy fruit. Our own brother, Preston Edmondson, will be speaking on July the 26th, and he will be talking about truth. Fruit must have light if it's going to grow. And then brother Steve Clemens from Sell Creek, will, his topic is the fertilizer of faithfulness. Brother Roy Whited from DeRosset Church up in Sparta, Tennessee, will be talking about planting and pruning with a gentle hand. And then finally, brother Tyler Gilreath from Riverbend, he will ask the question in, in our concluding series, uh, sermon, uh, what is growing in your garden? And so we look forward to uh, having a wonderful series. Invite all of your friends. And again, I want to thank the uh, visitors that we have. We're so glad that they're here with us. And uh, we look forward to a wonderful series. Brother Bill, come speak to us.
1: truly is an honor and a privilege to be a part of this series this summer. I'm glad to get it started off. Most of you who have known me know that I'm a go-go-go type of person, and for the last few months I've been sitting, 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 and so I must sit to preach. Seven weeks ago Sunday I was preaching at Soddy and passed out while I was preaching, and that got everybody's attention. So I'm going to sit down so that I won't have that happen tonight. Um, I've been having some, some of you ask about the situation. I've been having some cardiac problems and my cardiologist here in Chattanooga sent me to Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago and they said I need a pacemaker. So right now we're waiting for the insurance company to hurry up and approve that. You know that insurance companies rule the world. So someday soon, I hope I live long enough to get a pacemaker, but I hope it's it's pretty soon. So that's where we are right now. But I'm feeling pretty good and thank you so much for allowing me to be here tonight. I wanna start out first of all by saying I've got some great memories here first time I came in this building was Vacation Bible School 1947 I was two I don't remember a thing if memory from my history is correct this is the, that's the year the congregation opened and I have, I have a Vacation Bible School certificate I, I, Rick I told you I, was gonna make, I haven't found it yet it's somewhere in our house but signed by sister Oline Ratliff she was my teacher in the two-year-old class no I don't remember a thing from there In her latter years, Sister Oline attended Soddy Church. I had the privilege of being with her the next to the last day of her life, a wonderful, godly Christian lady. I've got many memories of this, folks. I can just look over some of you folks I've known all my life, and you've known me all my life. I went to high school with some former White Oak members. went to elementary school and high school with Roger Jackson, Mary Ruth Payne McCullum, Johnny Pleasant, uh, Donnie and Ronnie Parnell, a bunch of those folks that went to White Oak for all those years, and we had great friendships throughout all those years. I've known many of you from the Red Bank congregation and other congregations throughout the area. What a privilege it is to be in a place like Chattanooga where the congregations, the Lord's Church, are so friendly and so strong and so well run and represented. We're thankful for that. May we always be that way. How wonderful it is to be a part of God's family. We enjoy the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. It means so much to us. You see, Christianity is more than just meeting inside the building and listening to sermons and reading the Bible. That's a great part of it. That's the foundation of it. But our challenge as Christians today is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And the topic that's been assigned to me tonight by Brother Rick is that of sowing the seed. I brought with me a package of sunflower seeds. Probably 150 of them in here. I don't know. these have untold potential my wife paid a dollar and 79 cents for these what value has she gotten out of them absolutely nothing because they're still in the package not doing anybody a bit of good the only way that these will be of any value is when i give them back to her and she sows the seed how big will the results be i have no way of knowing But just like with us, and just like with the seeds, God gives the increase. The increase is dependent upon our sowing and our taking care of that which is sown. And that will be the focus of our lesson tonight, sowing the seed. I want to mention several things that are important to us tonight. I want to mention four important lessons about sowing the seed. Point number one I want to mention to us, we need to sow the seed. Here again, in the package, it is a Worthless. It's not worth a dollar seventy nine. It's only worth it if we sow that seed. We need to appreciate the power of the seed. This packet tells me that the mammoth Russian is a giant in beauty and stature. The huge yellow flowers often will twelve inches in diameter, full of plump, tasty seeds. Harvest will be, and it tells you all about this. A great value from these things, but first the seed must be planted. Any farmer. Gardner knows that. We as Christians need to appreciate that very same thing with the Word of God. We've all got Bibles. I've got, I don't know how many copies of Bibles in my house. But they are of no value when they're closed. They're no value when they're opened. If I read them and then shut them and forget what I read. Or make any application of it in my life. The seed is here. The seed is the Word of God. We know that. But we must use the Word of God, and make the very best use of it that we can. But the power is in the Word of God. And we must accept that. And we as brothers and sisters Christ must accept the opportunity to sow the seed. Yes, we pay preachers to preach. But you've probably noticed that nobody's beating the doors down to get in the church building. There's a lot of empty pews. It's everywhere I go that way. The seed to be sown is, yes, in the church building, but most out... Uh, Side the church building. Go ye into all the world. As you are going wherever you go through all the world. Take the seed of the gospel with you. And you are the one to be dispersing that seed. And making the best use of it. Your preacher can't go everywhere. Your elders can't go everywhere. But all of us as we are going can go somewhere. And that's a beautiful part of being that. We as individual Christians make the public proclamation of the gospel by the way we conduct our lives in the community, in the school, on the job, wherever we are. When people see you, do they see a picture of what a godly person is all about? We can make impressions upon our school teachers, our students, our employers, our employers, our friends and neighbors by living the lives that we need to live everywhere we go. There's not a day goes by that you don't see somebody or talk to somebody. Are you carrying the seed with you? Are you looking for opportunities and seizing the opportunities that are presented to you to do that? We need to appreciate that so much. We never know what good things can be done by what we do. I was at a funeral service. My wife and I were at a funeral service at North Hamilton Church last night and one of the funeral directors, a man I've known, I've done many funerals and he knows me, and he was, he came up to me after the service and said, uh, well he wasn't there, but he talked about Phil Sanders, I saw him today and he said something about Phil Sanders, he said, I like that preacher, he's not a member of the Lord's Church, but he said, I like that man, I can understand what he says, it means something, and I said, well I talked to Phil Sanders last night, he was preaching in North Hamilton congregation, and you, if you see that program, you know the job that he does kind caring and compassionate and he's that way in person he's a beautiful example for us we can sow the seed in our daily lives let's look for opportunities and privileges to do that way and people are influenced by us and what they see in us and how we conduct our lives let us be the ones to instigate the conversations can you and i talk about god can i And maybe start off with a question. Don't impress them with how much you know. Impress them with how much you're interested in them. And let them tell you what they know. And open doors of conversation to discuss these things. Looking for opportunities to sow the seed. I need to appreciate the mission that I have as a Christian. I'm not talking about now as a preacher. I'm talking about as a Christian. I've been a Christian for 59 years. I've only been preaching for 32. So there are a lot of years I wasn't a preacher. But I still should have been a preacher. All of us are proclaimers of the gospel as we live our lives every day. See, the Great Commission tells us in Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That wasn't specifically designed for people who hold the job of a preacher. Those were children of God. As ye are going throughout all the world, take the gospel of Christ with you. That's the message. Therefore, every one of us is a preacher. And folks, let's remember this. We can be successful. In Philippians chapter 4 verse number 17 the Apostle Paul said to the church in Philippi, I desire that fruit may abound to your account. He wasn't talking to the preacher, he was talking to the, min- the, the ministers there. Each one of us is responsible for bearing fruit in the Lord's Kingdom and we need to look for those opportunities, constantly looking with our eyes open and with our hearts open and our minds open People are in need all around us every day. We see people with problems and difficulties and challenges that they can't handle by themselves. We can make a big difference in their lives. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse number 5. I'm one of these people that likes to read out of the Bible. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 5. There Paul says in the middle of a sentence for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof ye heard before of the word of God through the truth of the gospel which is come unto you as it is to all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard it and knew the grace of God in truth how did you become a Christian somebody sowed the seed in your heart somebody lived godliness in your presence you saw it You recognized it. You appreciated it. It meant something to you. That's a challenge for all of us. People see us everywhere we go. Are we making the right impression upon them? Do they see in us the desire to live a life of God-likeness? And as a result, want to find out about that. Oftentimes people ask us questions because they've seen Christianity lived in our lives. And that's a rarity in today's society, is it not? second step about sowing the seed is we need to see the potential of sowing the seed. Again, this seed is of no value inside the package. Let me give you an example. On the first Sunday of November in 1908, almost 109 years ago, four families met together in a home up in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee to worship God as members of the Lord's church. There was no church building there. But they began to meet and establish and they grew and grew and finally they moved into a house where they have a church building and they later purchased and built a church building. In our Saudi congregation today, we have members of the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th generation of those original four families. In their minds, they had no idea that there would someday be a Saudi Church of Christ with 130 members and people from four different generations from those original families there together. That never entered their minds. They wanted to be Christians. They wanted to worship God. They wanted to spread His Word, and they've done it successfully that way. And today, the Saudi church has grown. Again, there's some of those same family members still there. And we now have the ability financially to send out more than $4,000 every month in mission funds throughout all the world. Those folks in those four families could never have visualized that. Almost $50,000 a year for preaching the gospel by the Soddy Church. They didn't know the Soddy Church existed. And if the Lord delays His coming, what will the next hundred years bring?
0: And for the White Oak congregation,
1: now 59 years old if my math is correct, you're continuing to sow the seed. You cannot tell the great influence that you have in so many ways. Will you continue doing that? The challenge is for all of us to see the need for sowing the seed of the gospel and doing whatever we can in our lives. Again, I never thought 32 years ago that I would be preaching for the Saudi Church of Christ. They asked me to stay for three months. Well, I had eight or ten sermons, and I got rid of those pretty quickly. I started to have studying. And now I realize I'm in the greatest position in all the world to be a part of that congregation they gave me that opportunity and privilege I have grown hopefully they have grown and all of us as Christians throughout all of our lifetimes I remember as a young kid listening to brother Joe Weir and his brother Perry lead singing I remember hearing brother Joe Weir preach and it never really dawned on me hey I could be a song leader, hey I could be a preacher but the seed was sown and thank goodness it produced, and I hope in others. We never know what good we're doing, just living our lives in a godly fashion day after day. And again, I see so many of you folks in this room that I've known almost all my life. Some of you have known me all my life. And I go up and down almost every pew and tell you stories about people in this room that have meant so much to me and the influence they've had on other people in the congregations. The years that we spent at Redback with so many of these good folks back here. They influenced our lives as well as many others. Let's continue that idea and concept in our lives. Turn with me to John chapter four. <clears throat> John chapter four. As we continue continue seeing our potential. John chapter 4 verse number 34. Jesus Christ himself said. Jesus saith unto him. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work. That should be my challenge. That should be my goal in life. Say not ye that there are four months. And then cometh harvest. Behold I say unto you. Open your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white already unto harvest. He that reapeth receiveth wages. And gather fruit. That produce his life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. Everything that we can do is of value, sowing a little seed. I was at church, as I said, at Stephen Howard Church at Northampton last night, here Brother Phil Sanders. And a good friend of mine, Sister Nancy Mabry, I've known her from Red Bank Church almost all my life. She said, i got a little seed for you. She didn't know my lesson was about seed tonight. She handed me two little cards that she's printed out that has the plan of salvation on them. On, and then in, you're invited to watch In Search of the Lord's Way and several things like that on this card. Take those and hand them out. That's nothing difficult to do to anybody, is it? And Nancy Mabry knows I'm a faithful member of the Church of Christ. She's known me for all these years, but she handed them to me. She says, i got a little seed for you. My challenge now is to find somebody to give these two seeds to. You see, opportunities blossom around us continuously if we'll look for those opportunities. Turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul talking to his protege, Timothy. Verse number 5, second second Timothy 1, 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, the real, genuine, unpretended faith that is in thee, which dealt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is put in thee by the putting out the, the of my hands." He had miraculous powers. You and I don't have those. We don't need those. We've got God's Word today. But Paul said, I was the one to instill these great principles in you. I was the one that taught you the Word of God. Go you and do likewise. And every time today that you and I read from a man like Timothy or James or John or the other men who wrote the New Testament by the inspiration of God, they're fulfilling their mission to sow the seed of the kingdom, aren't they? And that's a challenge that you and I must take in our lives today. People aren't beating the doors down to get in the church building. Bible's not the number one best selling book anymore. Somebody's got to take the message to the world. You and I need to be willing to see that challenge and accept that challenge in our daily lives by the way we conduct ourselves. We will not be 100% successful in our efforts. I've people heard people call me bad names because I'm a preacher and they disagreed with what I taught and all kinds of things like that over the years and that will continue to happen. But I must not let that dissuade me from continuing to do the great commission of taking the gospel in the world, sowing the seed as best I can. And you see, you've got places you sow the seed I've never been. I've got places to sow the seed that you've never been. But all of us, as we are going, we take the gospel with us. And we will not rely upon our failures. We will look upon our successes and realize the potential that is out there before us in all the world. Accept the challenge. And we must accept the challenge of increasing our own individual knowledge of the Word of God and our faith in the Word of God to be able to present it more clearly and precisely to people. You've heard the sound, and I have too, I would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. When people see you at Walmart and in the schoolyard and walking down the street, do they see God-likeness? Sometimes that will grab their attention. Sometimes they may want to ask, what a beautiful opportunity for you if you live that way. And so let's live our lives realizing the trust that God has placed in us and the privilege of being His disciples and teachers throughout all the world. Turn with me to James 3, verse number 18. James chapter 3 verse number 18 there James says the fruit of righteousness is sown in them that make peace live your life in a peaceful godly fashion we will not and cannot beat people over the head with the word of God but they will see in us what God wants to see, what God wants them to see. The way we conduct ourselves, our thoughts, our words, our attitudes. How wonderful and beautiful that is. And you see, that's not a lot of hard work. To sow the seeds, you've got to plant off the ground, put the seed in, cover it up, fertilize it. You've got to do a lot of work. The living of a godly life is not that hard to folks who are dedicated to Christ's is it? Let's accept that challenge. And do it. Third lesson I want us to think about tonight is we need to recognize that when it comes to seed sowing, there will be obstacles. There will be challenges and problems. And I've learned in my life, and my guess is you have too, that most of the problems I have in teaching the word are internal, not external. I've got a lot of good excuses why I can't sow the seed. My guess is you have used them too, haven't you? I'm going to mention three or four that have been important in my life. People say, well, I can't do that because I don't know enough about the Bible. I think I've got a solution for that. Study the Word of God. To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Handling aright the Word of Truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. Put forth the effort. The word study doesn't mean necessarily study. It means to put forth the effort and diligence to show that I am approved of God. The way I'm approved of God is by living a life that God wants me to live. So I'll study and I'll learn and I'll practice. I'll give you a couple of examples in my life. After graduating from Red Bank High School in 1962, went to the University of Chattanooga, paying my way through. I had to get a job. I had two jobs. I sacked groceries all day on Saturday. On Saturday night at midnight, about 10 o'clock, I went down to the Chattanooga Times. I was a funny stuffer. You ever heard that profound job? The newspapers were printed here in Chattanooga. The funnies were produced in Chicago and shipped into Chattanooga. So when the papers come off the press, starting about 10 o'clock on Saturday night for the Sunday morning edition, big thick paper, they don't have funny papers in them. So they hired 20 guys to be funny stuffers. They bring you 50 newspapers without funnies in. You open one and stick a funny paper in it, sit over here and do that over and over again. I can do it all night long in my sleep. Well, the first night I was way behind because the first time I'd ever done it before, I was way behind. I hadn't finished my 50 and here come 100 more. I stayed behind all night long. But after four or five weeks of doing it, I was with as quick as everybody there. I had practiced. I'd put into potential what I'd learned and made use of it. So it is with the Word of God. I could memorize the Bible, but if I don't apply it, it is of absolutely no value. All of us who have been in school, remember you had to memorize some of those big long poems and stories and quote them and write them out on a test, and you it meant nothing to you. You Just memorize it to get your grade on the test and forgot it. Sadly, many Christians today do the same thing with the Word of God. Okay, I'm going to be a Bible reader today. Okay, I did that. That's not what we're talking about. We need to strengthen ourselves in what we're wanting to do. I practiced dentistry for 40 years. When I was in dental school, the first things I did were not checked as approved. I had to go back and do them again because I didn't do them correctly. I had to keep doing until I learned how to do them. Then I became proficient. The first time that Richard Ghost looked in somebody's eyes, he didn't have all the answers. But after several years of studying and learning and practicing, he learned those answers. He was willing to meet the challenge. And the challenge day say, well, I don't know enough to teach somebody, or I'm too nervous, or I'm, I'm too shy, or whatever. Folks, let's quit using those, pardon me, silly excuses. When we appreciate what we've got and the value of it, we'll make full use of it in our lives to the very best of our ability. And sometimes we'll say, well, people, well, they might ask me some questions that I don't know the answer to. I guarantee you, if you study the Bible for someone very long, that will happen. It still happens to me. So what am I going to do? Then I'm going to accept the challenge of, let's see if we can find the answer together. Let's search the Scriptures together and learn what the Word of God says to be. There's no way that you and I could ever comprehend the mind of God. But we can learn enough of it to know that I want to know more about it. And I will dedicate my life day after day to doing just that in my life so that I can know more of God's will and therefore I'll have more opportunities and privileges to take the, God's will, the will of God to other people. Don't stop learning the Word of God. If you're not doing it, I challenge every one of us to set aside specific times every day in our lives. I know life is hectic, crazy and busy and it gets worse all the time. We're so time conscious. But let us discipline ourselves to be the kinds of people who say, I'm going to spend time in God's Word every day. Not just a quick glance and a few words, but challenging my mind, my heart, to being the kind of person I want to be. And I learn that by reading the Word of God. And the more I do that, the more I will have the desire to sow the seed in other people's life, the more it will be interesting to me. I'm a baseball fan. I like the Yankees. I'll talk Yankees anytime you want me to. I don't like the Dodgers. I won't talk Dodgers to you at all. We all have our pluses and minuses and things we like and don't like. When we come to engrave the Word of God in our hearts, that's first in our mind. I want to talk about God's Word. I want to live God's Word. I want people to see God's Word in my life. And you see, when we do this, we'll, we'll increase our strength, our knowledge, and our courage, and our desire to teach others and sow the seed of the kingdom. And some people say, well, I'm not a good speaker. Let me tell you a story. Many of you know me all my life, most all of it. Some of you may remember this. June of 1960, upstairs in the second floor, Red Bank Church of Christ, teenage class, Brother Glenn Carter was a teacher. He came up to me one Sunday and said, Bill, I'm going to be out of town next Sunday. I want you to teach my class for me. Brother Carter, I can't do that. I've never taught a class in my life. Oh, yes, you can. You can do it. So I went home and I studied. I studied. Stood up before the class. Within 30 seconds, I had passed out. I woke up downstairs. They picked him and carried him out. Lying on the pavement out there in the red bank church parking lot. Uh, Leon Northcutt and some others trying to wake me up. I woke up finally. Two weeks later, Brother Carter came to me and said, Bill, I'm going to be out of town next week. I want you to teach the class for me. And that time I didn't pass out. I had no idea of becoming a preacher. But I've been preaching for 32 years and I would give up my life rather than give up preaching. Because he helped instill in me there are things that you think you can't do but you can. People will ask you tough questions. They sure will. What an opportunity to say, well, let's see if we can find the answer. And we open God's Word together and study those things. As a preacher, I've had people ask me questions. Well, wait, I don't know the answer to that yet. I'm going to have to study upon that and go back and study. I'll call you back in three four days and let's get together and talk about that. You see, the challenge continually exists for all of us as we sow the seed of the kingdom. And there's another excuse we often listen use. Well, nobody wants to listen. I can't teach anybody because they don't care. Well, you know what? Jesus said sometimes the word lands on rocky soil. There are challenges out there. But we keep on sowing the seed, even though some of it falls in worthless territory. There are still good and honest hearts out there seeking the word of God. Maybe not as many as there used to be, but they're still out there. And we need to challenge ourselves to live our lives in such a way that people see in us a beauty that says, hey, there's somebody who lives a godly life. Maybe I need to ask them a question. And they'll ask you questions that you can't answer. But say, let's study together. Or may I invite someone who knows a little bit more about the Bible than me to help you? And you'll find the good answers there. And the last point I want to make tonight about sowing the seed is let us eliminate from our hearts negative thoughts about sowing seed. Brother, I'm sure you've had the situation before. You ask people to to volunteer to do this, do that. Not here, but just anywhere you go. And I can give you 18,000 different reasons why I can't do that. And if you come back tomorrow, I've got a few more. Because I've just decided I don't want to do it. Sadly, and I know this is not the Wednesday, night, the Wednesday night crowd. Doesn't feel this way, but many people in the Lord's church do that. Christianity going to church is just something they do and go through the motions. But when we appreciate what's in this package, what's in this package right here? Now the world can get along without this package right here. The world cannot survive without this package. There's coming a day, tomorrow or thousands of years from now. When every human being who has ever lived will stand before God in judgment and be judged on the contents of this book. Why then would I want to reject any opportunity and blessing and privilege of teaching the Word of God? Why would I want to say, well, let Rick do it. Let Joe Weir do it. Let Tom do it. Let somebody else do it. I can't do it. Because I know people that they don't know. And same with all of us. Let's not give any excuses why we cannot sow seed. What about the farmer? He looks out, well, it's too rainy today, I can't sow seed. Looks out the next day, too dry today, I can't sow seed. Too hot today, I can't sow seed. Too cold today, I can't sow seed. He'll never sow any seed, will he? He knows down deep in his heart, His challenge is to put the seed in the ground and God will give the increase. Can you miss the point with the Word of God? God has given us His Word. The seed is readily available. The challenge is now up to Bill. Sow the seed. Put it in the ground. Look for places. Yeah, there's some rocky soil out there. There's some hardpan out there. There's some swamps out there. There's some hard-headed people out there. There's some refusing to listen people out there. Yes, there are. But there's still folks just like you and me who are good and honest and sincere in their lives. And we cannot make excuses why we can't do that. You see, the farmer can come up with all kinds of reasons why he can't sow a seed. But he'll never reap any crop if he does that, does he? I think back when I think about making excuses, you go back in your private study and read Exodus chapters three and four. The children of Israel were in captivity. God came to Moses. Moses, I'm going to lead you, have you to lead the people out of the land of promise. God, I can't do that. Who am I? They won't believe me. I'm not a good speaker. And God, if you stay around a little bit longer, I can give you 14 more reasons why I can't do it. God said, Moses, I will be with you. And I will provide for you someone to put the words in your mouth to guide and lead the people. And for the next 40 years, he led them on that journey to the promised land. He thought he was incapable and inadequate but he was able to fulfill the mission because the power of God was working in us, in him. Same with us today. Let's quit refusing to say, I can't preach, I can't teach, I can't tell anyone anything. Let's continue living our lives in such a godly fashion that people will see in us the beauty of Christ, as I mentioned, and be willing to open their hearts and open our minds and ask questions. If you're a parent, or if you can remember when you were a child, remember all the excuses that your kids give to you why they can't do this? Why I can't make up my bed? Why I can't fix my breakfast? Why I can't do all that stuff? Meantime, when I made those excuses was because I didn't want to. I knew how to make up my bed. I knew how to tie my shoes. I knew how to do that. But if I get my sister and my mom to do it for me, it's a whole lot easier, and I can do what I wanted to do. And it's kind of a crude example. But do we sometimes find that same attitude in our hearts towards teaching others the Word of God? Well, Rick's a better preacher than I am. I'll let him handle that. Tom's a kinder man than I am. I'll let him handle that. Rick knows a whole world a lot more about that than I'll let him handle that. No. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us realize that we are children of God and we have opportunities and talents that God has given us God knows our limitations but he also knows the expectations he has given to us let's accept the abilities that God has given us and the talents that God has given us and use them the very best of our ability again the great commission says go ye into all the world as you are going take the gospel with you live the gospel in your home in your school in your community in your factory wherever you go Let's quit looking at the obstacles for sowing the seed and looking for opportunities to sow the seed. In conclusion, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse number 7. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 7. Jesus, when the multitude saw it, the miracle he had just done, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power to men. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he said, they marveled and glorified God, which has given such power to men. The power is with us. We need to appreciate that today. Jesus is no longer here. You are here. I am here. I am God's message to the world. You are God's message to the world. Sometimes we sing that song, I want to be a worker for the Lord. That's me. That's you. Therefore, I am willing to accept the challenge that is presented to me to sow the seed of the kingdom. I will help answer that prayer of who shall I send by allowing myself to be sent by God in my everyday life Everywhere I go, let us use our lives that God has blessed us with and our energies and our talents to show the world that God's way works. As we walk, we are constantly planting this seed in people's hearts and minds, and it will make a difference eternally. I challenge each one of us to think about that. As we stand to sing the song that's been announced as a song of invitation, Jesus said in Luke chapter 8, verse number 11, the seed is the word of God. And in verse number 15, he said, that seed will fall on good and honest hearts and they will bring forth fruit. Tonight, as you have listened to things we've had to talk about, if you're not right with God, maybe these words have fallen on a good and honest heart and you realize I don't want to live my life away from God and face Him in judgment, being unprepared, knowing what I needed to do to be saved. Because you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you realize that His way is the right way of living, so you'll repent of your sins. You'll confess His faith, that He is the Son of God by your faith. You'll be baptized in water, having your sins washed away, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb rising to walk in unison of life, serving Him to all the days of your life. Or maybe as God's child, you've done those things, and maybe you've brought reproach upon the Lord's church by your actions or lack thereof. Things you've said or done that are contrary to the will of God. Maybe publicly you need to confess those sins and repent of those sins. If you will be willing to do that, we'll pray with you and have you back in God's good graces once more. If we need to help you in that way, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing this song.